All right. So with that question poised, I want to get some of your ideas as to how it affect you <laughs> and how, what are some of your ideas that would come to mind to serving? Now you got to keep in mind, if this is a church that's down the road, now this church started in 2000, they rented space. They had to set up and tear down everything every single week. Chairs, sound equipment, microphones, cords, classrooms, the whole nine. It was a huge, huge undertaking. We started coming here in 2006 when they were at Sauter Elementary School down here in Jackson. And it was a gigantic undertaking. But, you know, the church was, what, probably 70-some members by that time, solid, maybe 100 or so. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure what the numbers were at that time. I think you, I don't know how old you were. Church then, were you? Because uh, I was probably 20. Yeah, because that was when I remember Cardinals being in singles and, uh, you know, a number of the guy folks that were in the singles. And now all those folks are grown and married and having young families of their own. So, you know, but it's going to be, you guys are going to be instrumental in how this, either this church is going to sink or it's going to swim. So what are some of your ideas of service that you could do to help contribute to the success of that church. I forgot my ball. I was going to throw a ball at you guys, and whoever caught the ball had to give an answer, and I don't have the ball. I can throw my keys at you. Throw <laughs> <laughs> my keys. Because <laughs> I, I had a feeling it was going to be awkward silence, and I totally forgot it. So at this point, if we use all your ideas that I put up there right now, it's not going to work very well. So... So I can't see. Don't hit the back. Don't hit the back. Wow. I'll be honest. I, it took me like four times to read it, and I still don't understand it. So. That's okay. okay. You're, since you're newer here, that's all right. If you're not, that's the other thing. If you're not comfortable giving an answer, pass the ball. That's fine. There's not a, there's not a correct or incorrect answer. There's, it's not, you're not. So I have a question. You can, yes, I, I guess I'll take a question. Uh, do you just specifically mean towards a new church plant if our church started one? Yeah. Okay. How would you, what would you do to help get that off the ground? I know it's kind of, it's a broad question. It's, it's, but I, I asked it because that's, it is not an easy question. It's not an easy undertaking. But think of all the different ministries that are in this church how they operate. I know some of you guys are in ministries. Some of you are in discipleship. How, what, where, how could you serve, or what ideas would you have to make that a success? Um, helping out in the children's ministry. And you guys would be a perfect age for that. You guys get to see by awful rating. What else? Um, and the fact that like, um, being kind to people who come in and leading and like having, like a good mindset and like greeting. Friendly. Yeah, yeah. To be friendly. <laughs> Greeters. Not good through it. No. So just specifically being leaders in the senior high and junior high. 
because I was thinking back to, I think it was Eddie that said when they first visited the church, one thing that stuck out to them was just the youth groups. And so if you start a new church, if we're solid senior high or junior high, it might stick out to newcomer or new people going to the church and they might actually want to stay. Or so you would need a new youth group is yeah. what you're and saying. Just to, be le- just to be leaders in the youth group. Not, not necessarily you guys, but just leaders among them. But you gotta keep you gotta keep in mind too. It'd be a smaller church. You wouldn't have the numbers, so your age base might be wider too. It might actually include your junior high, because you're not going to have nearly the amount of people that we have in here as well. And just a side note on that too, guys. If you if you remember back when we started that church in Dover, um, that was very hard for the youth to go and to start that church because they left behind a youth ministry where they had at that time there was probably like if everyone from the senior high showed up we would have about 60 65 people that would be here and so at that time it was probably about 45 ish um and they didn't they didn't have the numbers they didn't have the people and so there were times where it was hard and they missed what they had here and we had to be very careful about summer camp and then being involved in summer camp because they missed being at our church because they didn't have the numbers, the structure, the, the stuff that you have when you grow a group and you really end up finding you take a lot for granted. So being a student leader is critical and you'd have to be all in for the success of that ministry. It would be huge, huge. And, and that is why I poised this question and that's why this lesson has been on, on my heart and ultimately kind of how the direction that uh, Bobby and I are going to be teaching is to kind of work through these things to prepare you for something like this. Because it isn't going to be a picnic. But you guys need to start thinking about it now. You know, us as a family, my wife and I have discussed it. We don't know if we're going to be part of something that gets sent out of here. I mean, it's possible. I honestly don't feel that this church may be our church home for the next 30 years until I'm in a box, you know, or whatever. That's just, you know, if the Lord's moving my heart, I need to be obedient with that, and I need to lead my family on it. Who had her hand up first? Jack, you can wait. Ladies first. <laughs> I was just thinking that, like, the people no, keep the ball, Jack. stay, like, at the old church and don't move on, they still have to be working and still growing themselves because if only the strong people go and that people that stay don't rise up either then nothing's going to grow at the other church either so everybody needs to be the leader remainder must take over vacancies Very good. You don't have the ball, Hannah. <laughs> no, you have Go ahead, Jack. Oh, uh, um, like helping out with discipleship, maybe discipling people. With- exactly. exactly. That's spot on because that was actually one of the points that I was going to go with. That's what makes our church uniquely different from other churches is that we do discipleship. So you are 100% correct. You will need discipleship in your youth. And I'm totally messing my board up. This is for all you OCD folks out there, because I don't care. 
Discipleship. <laughs> All right, maybe one or two more just to keep things going here because I'm going to run out of time. Go ahead. You have the ball now. Okay, so kind of along with like leading a new youth group, um, I was part of a small church before, and it is exhausting to continually just outpouring, outpouring, outpouring. So like having a night maybe once a week or once every couple weeks where just the people who were sent out like get together and just be charged. Mm-hmm. So, kind of support, kind of lead. fellow. Yeah, there you go. Fellowship. Yeah, that's 100% accurate because you will you will be strained. That's good. This is good stuff. You guys are that's what I was hoping to see from you guys. You guys are thinking about it because it's going to be work. It's going to be hard work. It's going to be a lot. And I appreciate you sharing about Dover because I never really understood. I mean, I knew it was going to be tough for him, but I didn't know the gravity of which it was going to be yeah, for them getting and started. The other side of it too, because there's there's a there's the benefits of having a larger group, but sometimes when you get to be a larger group, you lose the fellowship because you're not working hard, and that's why you know thinking about the camp thing, which I'm not ready to share yet, <laughs> is going to be what it's probably going to be um, because. You know, we even had this discussion among the guys at our last Bible study that they, we feel that there's there's a, the structures in place, the opportunities to serve are in place here at our church, but what's really lacking is the individual part to work and to actually build those relationships, which is why we're even talking about what we're talking about tonight. Yeah. All right. That's that's good. We're gonna stop there. I was, like, I was I was waiting for it to hit Kent in the back of the head. That was that close. I was like, yes, it's gonna hit. All right, awesome. Go ahead and turn your book, uh, Bible's book Acts. Leave that down there. We're gonna go to Acts chapter four. Acts chapter four. I don't know how far we're going to get since it's going on 8 o'clock, so this may end up becoming a two-parter for one for one sheet. I'm not like Stephen. I can't teach a million miles an hour and cram it all in and still be effective. I'm not that. I'm not that good. So book of Acts chapter 4. So I'm going to go ahead and take verses 1 and 2. Go for it. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Okay. So if you continue to read on in this chapter, Peter's with a group uh, of folks, of, of newer believers, and uh, this is, uh, you know, they're preaching Jesus after the resurrection, and they're basically, they're put in jail. They're thrown in a hold, and then... Uh, these leaders at the time decide to release them. They don't really find any fault with them. They basically scold them. They tell them, well, quit teaching and preach it in the name of Jesus. And they're like, oh, okay. And, uh, and they go on. But this, this group is, they're kind of a fundamental group in what's going to be the formation of the church as the book of Acts progresses. So, um, Where am I at here? 
See, I already knew I was going to lose my spot. I'm good at that. Sorry if I'm going to drive you all crazy. Alright, so... Oh, no, I didn't put it in there. Alright, go ahead and then, uh, go to Chapter 5. So I have my backup sheet sitting here so I could halfway stay on track. Verses 1 through 10, I'm going to cover it. I want to split it up by twos so we can rapid fire through it. So I'm going to pick all you guys here in the second row. You do 1 and 2, 3 and 4, 5 and 6, 7 and 8, 9 and 10. <coughs> Go for it. Mr. Man named Ananias uh, with Sapphira, his wife sold a possession. Yeah. Okay. Back part of the of the price. His wife also being privy to it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled with thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remains, was it not thine own? And, and after it was sold, was it not in thy own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out, and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after, when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, with thy feet are them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then she fell straightway at his feet, and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in, and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. Do you think that God takes starting churches rather seriously and the hard attitude. I keep this I keep this set of verses kind of close to the cuff. Um, your first letter there, letter A, when you're put in a position to minister and you do not have your heart right, the results can be catastrophic. Verse 4 really stands out in here. It says, While it yet remained, was it not, was it not, oh my goodness, was it not thine own, and after, and after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? They purposely, I mean, this was a decision that they, that they had. This is where their heart was at. And, this is what stuck out to me with these two is that they were they were it was filthy lucre it was a love of money they bared false witness and what did it cost them and it cost them their life and the Lord took them out and they weren't going to be a part of of that startup of what would eventually be the church at Antioch I mean, it's a it's a big it's a big deal with who's going to be a part of it. I mean, you know, it was ultimately a part of how God was going to lead the success of the church. 
All right, somebody take verse 11. Go ahead and read it. You already read one, didn't you? Yeah. Carson. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. Great fear. A healthy fear. Maybe, I don't know about that time. It might have been a little bit, a little bit scary uh, at that time. But what's interesting is out of their loss, and look at verse 14. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both of men and women. So despite these two losing their life, more souls were added. More people ultimately got saved. And keep in mind, with the book of Acts, it's being transitional. Okay, So like Tom preached, there's a lot of weird things that happen in the book of Acts. Where do we finally have salvation nailed down in the Bible. Where's that found at? Romans. Exactly. That's when it is finally it's finally set. You have those verses that solidify it. So in the book of Acts, you're transitioning from the Jewish Old Testament economy to the New Testament economy of the church and salvation and the Holy Ghost. All right? So, I mean it's Again, we're looking at the fundamentals of how this all all came to be. So one of the things that kind of stood out with this is I've been thinking about about Sean Moore and him passing away. Are you doing his? Yeah, Saturday. I've been praying for you about that because that guy knew tons of people. Many, many, many people knew him, knew of him. It is probably going to be a madhouse here. So it's... You have an amazing opportunity with with what you're going to preach at his uh, uh, before he's laid to rest. I've been thinking about him, even though he lost his life here. He had the hope of the gospel, and even in his final time, God's still going to get the glory for where he's at. So I think about his hard attitude, and he had a lot of struggles. He had a lot of health issues, and. You know, he had a lot of stuff that was going on with him, but he was still, he still maintained that joy in a lot of respects that no man can take away. And he will have a testimony that people will have of a memory. And when they hear the gospel preached, that's, that's going to be amazing. And it's very possible even if one soul or possibly several people might get saved out of this. You don't know. And I think about uh, Brad Henderson and what he shared the day he was going to hang up his ministry. And come home. And the Lord took his best guy. And that started a revival. And completely turned that mission around. It's things like that that are just absolutely amazing when you think about them. And you don't know how a new church plant is going to start. And these are all things that can all be compiled compiled with it. So, letter B, the ministry will face adversity from the enemies of God. So there's going to be lots of work that's going to be needed done daily, weekly, and it's going to be met with adversity. Spiritual warfare, that's been like the the two words that just keep floating around between us as leaders. We've been dealing with it now for, you guys have been dealing with it for months as a family. Our family has been hit with it. There's actually something we're praying about that's significant right now and we'll share that with you guys offline here um, but it needs 
it needs prayed about and it's about one of our kids um but it just it constantly it just seems like it's an ongoing thing go to nehemiah chapter 6 you're going to want to keep a place marker in john as well we're going to be going back and forth predominantly between nehemiah and john that way you're not so i'm going to drive you crazy going back and forth if you don't stick a sheet there it's kind of weird how this worked out I was sitting there putting it together and i'm like i'm on the right side now i'm back on the left now i'm back on the right i'm like it's gonna drive him nuts so just bear bear with me as we work through this so chapter six verses one and two somebody want to take it Stephen, could you read that for us, please? Absolutely, Rick. Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arabian, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though at, the t- at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. Then that Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain, plain of Ono. Like that. But they thought to do me mischief. And it goes on in the next batch of verses through verse 14 that these guys just kept harassing Nehemiah and all the people doing the work. And it's they faced adversity through the entire time that this was going on. And we're going to be coming back to some of the more of this and see how it all ties together, hopefully if we have time. Um, but... Ultimately, they were plotting Nehemiah's death. They didn't want this guy succeeding because he's ultimately he's leading this group of Jews that's doing that's doing the work, and God supernaturally protects them. And I mean, it makes me think of how many times God supernaturally protected me and protected our families and protected your families from things that we don't even know about. This one was out front. They were looking to try to slay him. They were plotting and plotting and plotting and. And the Lord, the Lord worked it all out, and ultimately for His glory. And uh, I love the book of Nehemiah. It was funny because I was putting this together, and my wife's like, "You're using the book of Nehemiah again." I'm like, "She's like, you must really." I'm like, "I don't, I don't know." To me, it's just a very, it's a very real book. He was a very real man, and he's an amazing leader when you study that book out. So it's kind of like a go-to book for me. And there's just so much that can be applied. So uh, verse 15, could you read that also? So the wall was finished in the twenty and fifth day of the month, Yul, in the fifty in fifteen two days. Letter C. Obedience will bring work to completion despite challenges. They got that thing rebuilt in fifty two days, and it was in shambles. They had a mind to work, and we're going to look at that also. 52 days. So you think about how a church startup might be, you know, depending on how how much effort and how the Lord paves the way and he deals with the adversity and your relationship. I mean, it's all a big it's all being part of the body. You know, you could have a really amazing launch in that short of time. So to me that just that just really stood out how how they got that much work done. In, in that time. So it goes on to explain how the people worked and they had to be, they also had to be armed at one point, and I'm not, I don't have those verses in here, but 
they had to be armed because they were afraid of, of their enemies coming up on them. So they had to work while they were, you know, they had to have security in a sense. But they still got, got it done. They had an amazing zeal to do the work. So that brings us to the upswing of this. So that's kind of like, you know, the hard attitude of Ananias and Sapphira, how not to be, you know, Sambalot and Tobiah and being hindrances. And you may even have people amongst your own folks to go out. They might end up being hindrances. It depends on what's going on in their lives. You never know. But it goes back to the key point of fellowship. And you got to have those relationships. It all, it all ties together. Um, so it's you know it's one of the things that we do. We have to ask ourselves: Are we, are we in a good place with the Lord? Where's our heart at with the Lord? It's something I have to ask myself. There's things that I that I struggle with. I'm thankful that it's not necessarily sin issues. It's more time management. I like to be lazy. I'd rather watch movies at times. Just just being honest. But these past several days, between all the work and JBI, and I'm not belly aching here. All right, so I want to be clear about that. But putting the hand of the plow to do the work for putting this together, for all the work we had to do with JBI, it's been a huge blessing. And it's shown me more and more I just need to have my my eyes in the Bible. And I need to have I've I mean, we talked about prayer and our prayer lives getting better. And ever since that study we did last year, they've fallen off. Well this past week and the past couple of weeks you know, I've made it a point to be better with prayer time. And it's been amazing because people, more people and their situations come to mind. And I just text them and I ask them, hey, how you doing? How can I pray for you? And it's just that back and forth, that ebb and flow is, is just been, it's been awesome. And that's something that needs, that's critical for, for a startup is, is prayer. You need to be praying about it. Um, so the hard attitude. So Nehemiah chapter one, go ahead and go there. How long should we go till? Fifteen? Uh, yeah, I believe, yeah. Okay. So hard attitude. I'm going to go ahead and read this. So the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekeliah, and it came to pass in the month Chislu, in the twentieth year, as I was in Shushan the palace, Hanani, one of my brethren came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped. Kind of like, you know, you're praying for somebody, ask them, hey, how you doing? And which were, uh, which were left of the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach and the wall of Jerusalem also is broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire and four and it came to pass this is his heart attitude and it came when and it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven and this is his prayer and said I beseech thee O Lord God of heaven the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant. That's, it's bold to say, but it's coming from a humble heart. 
which I pray before thee now, day and night, for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. I read the last part of that verse, it makes me think of Job, when Job prayed for his family before he ended up losing them all. He was praying for their sins. His love for this city, namely the people that are in it, it's his love for it. Love is going to be a critical element. You can have all the administrative pieces in the world. You can have all the bodies covered in every aspect of ministry. You can have a youth group established. You can have the children's ministries established. But if you're not going to do it out of love and the right heart attitude, you are in for an uphill plow the whole way, and you will be miserable. That is a fact. I remember when we went as guests to my wife's grandmother's church. It was just a small Methodist church. They were having a little ceremony for her. She was older. But I remember dropping our kids off in the nursery, and the countenance of the two people that worked in there, they could have cared less. They were there because they had to be there. They, I think they would have rather drank sour milk than to have been with any of the children. It was sad. I never, I don't remember their faces exactly, but I remember their countenance. I'm like, I'm like, what? <laughs> I just kind of was like, whatever. You know, we went and sat down and we had a service and we got our kids and, you know, we got out of there. But I never forgot that. I never forgot that. And that was during the time when we served in the children's ministry. And that affected how my heart attitude should have been at that time and that, you know, serving our, serving our little ones. If you don't serve in that ministry, I'd highly encourage you guys to consider doing it as helpers in there. It's a tremendous, it's a tremendous blessing. And them little kids, man, you start, all you got to do, ask them one question. If you're walking in here and you're feeling kind of awkward and I don't really know what to do, find one kid, ask them, do you have a dog at home? No, I have a cat. My cat's name is this. And she's gray. And... You know, and she jumps all over the place, and she likes to chase a laser eye, and they're going to go on and on and on and on and on. And next thing you know, you are going to have a best friend, and they're going to follow you around, and then you're going to ask another kid. And next thing you know, you're going to have all these little kids in tow, and you're going to go back in there month after month, and they're going to remember your name, and you are going to sit to your, you're going to say to yourself, "Why didn't I do this before?" And the Lord will bless you from it, and that's what you will take with you when you start another church and you will be in the right place it's amazing i'm thankful that we had the opportunity to work in in the in the children's ministry i completely lost my spot in my notes what do you guys have filled in it's rookie hour man you give me some grace all right i haven't been i haven't done this in a while i'm not being graded for it either yet not yet <laughs> so I can get all the I can get all the cobwebs out out here. So where do we fill out at? We're starting with a hard attitude, yep. letter A. Yep. You still have blanks there? Yes. Yep. Okay. There we go. I found it. Do you have a love for lost souls and fellow brethren's needs? I'm all over the place on my note sheet. I covered everything and I had to backtrack back up to that. I'm sorry, guys. Bear with me. 
So back in Nehemiah, in uh, 6, verse 11, it says, is it chapter 6? Let me get there. I want to make sure I'm not telling you the right thing. I put all these verses on my note sheet, but now that I'm all kind of discombobulated, I want to make sure that I, I'm not giving you the wrong, wrong address. Hello. All right. So anyway, so verse 11, I might be off on the book. It says, O Lord, I beseech thee, let thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayers of thy servants who desire the fear thy name and prosper i pray thee thy servant this day and grant him mercy in the sight of this man for i was the king's cupbearer and really this verse it's the icing on the cake to a beautiful prayer having a solid prayer life will keep your heart attitude toward the lord immensely all right i'm back on track i think that's the truth you got to have a solid prayer life and that's why i'm thankful that you know it's working through that if you guys are struggling with your prayer life just the only thing i can tell you is, is, is get started get started it's it's no different than reading your bible it's just a matter of stopping being being still and knowing the lord and just and just start talking to him and just keep doing it ceaselessly as the bible tells us to do should i hang it up there just because it's 20 after yep. all right Thank you for your patience, guys. I apologize for kind of jumping all over the place. I thought I did my notes better. I mean, I did, but I just didn't follow them. So, amateur hour at the Baptist Church. That's all good. And I think the big thing to take away from this is, and Rick and I talked about this this past week, is um, if you were to be part of a new church plan, would anything change about your service? Or are you serving the same way now that you would in that new church plan? Because you should be serving now the same way you would in that church. That's what you should be doing. And I think sometimes we take for granted what we have and we think that, ah, oh, well, somebody else has it. Oh, well, somebody else has it covered. Oh, well, no, 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 no. There's always needs. There's a lot of people that make the excuse of, well, there's nowhere for me to serve. Baloney. There's so much yep. work to do, especially in your guys' personal lives. People that need to be touched. People that need to be invited to church. People that you need to start having some spiritual conversations with. Um, so you know, this, this is very, very important. So be thinking about that because that's the theme of this year is the church is be ready to go. And I think there's a lot of work that we need to do. And there are things that we need to start thinking differently about. So that's kind of what this series is going to be about that uh, Rick and Bobby are going to be putting together as he finishes out next week. And uh, they start taking some of the stuff in so, All right. Let's go ahead and pray real quick. Heavenly Father, I just uh, thank you again to come before. Lord, I'm sorry I'm kind of all over the place, but uh, I pray that uh, there's something said here tonight, Lord, that you spoke, and, and not not me. I'm just a, just a servant, Lord, and uh, I'm just thankful for uh, the opportunity. Uh, Lord, be with... Uh, just pray that the kids from uh, that had testing this week, that they get some good rest tonight. Uh, a lot of conversations with them. They uh, could tell it kind of beat them up. And uh, I'm glad that they put the effort into it, because it does matter toward their future, Lord. And just pray for each and every uh, young man and uh, young woman in here, uh, Lord, that they would grow closer with you in their walk, 
that they would think about the things that were taught tonight because ultimately, even if they stay in this church, they're going to be out of this ministry sooner than they know it, and it's going to be on them. So, Lord, I pray that they would grow and mature in their walks with you, Lord, that they would love you even more, bit by bit, day after day. Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we ask these things in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys.